Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. These in your dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, on Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Uh, I don't know. You feel strongly about anything? You know, uh, could have been yesterday, but the student loan story was so big. I think we ought to uh, Ukraine six months into their war. I watched some of their Independence Day celebration yesterday. Man, if you saw any of that, that was that was moving. It was moving, yeah. So, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky and the brave Ukrainian people. Watching President Zelensky stand there with the band playing and looking at the flag, knowing what he's been through and everybody else, thinking he is going to die every day of the last six months. Wow. That was something. That was something. I have uh, a few stats on that. Big finisher. Big finish. Woo! a little Friday feeling right there. That's how you can smell the weekend from here. Is that what that is? Um, you know, the, the contrast between Ukraine's situation on their Independence Day and the feelings that surge through their hearts and those, uh, you know, in our circumstances, an utterly safe, prosperous, for now, uh, country and, and how cynical so many of our countrymen are about this land and 
the flag and the Constitution and the rest of it. It's it's a striking contrast. And, you know, honestly, I think the conclusion is obvious. You get fat and happy enough, you start to just sure. pick apart everything, including that which is good. Yeah, yeah. You do that uh, personally in your own family or job or whatever. Certainly yeah. a country does that. I was out in the newsroom. I asked Alex, what's the population of Ukraine for me, Alex? And he said he would have that. What is it, Alex? Maybe his microphone doesn't work. Yes, oh, there I am. All oh. right, forty-four point one three in twenty twenty, but the current estimate is about thirty-nine point six million. Okay, so they got about forty million people at the six-month mark. They've had about ten thousand soldiers die. So forty million people, about the population of California. Imagine having nearly ten thousand soldiers die just in California. Yeah, uh, and seven million people have left the country, have fled, had to flee the country. Seven million. Or have been forcibly relocated yeah. by the Russians. Right. Those are yeah. those are crazy numbers. Yeah. Holy cow. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I would like to believe that we would put up with those kind of numbers if we were fighting for our survival. But, uh, man, those kind of numbers would have driven us out of any war we've been involved in in the last uh, many decades. Yeah, which I think I, your your little uh, the first phrase you uttered is the key one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we were fighting for our survival, it would be a wildly different thing than you know deciding that Iraq needed to be a Jeffersonian democracy without uh, weapons of mass destruction. Granted, um, or you know Afghanistan having uh, uh, rid it of the Taliban temporarily, we weren't going to try to reconstruct it into a modern wonderland. You know Disneyland with uh, beards. So we talked to Mike Lyons yesterday. <clears throat> he didn't seem to be super optimistic about anything other than a stalemate and uh, attrition and a, and a lot of death. But I did hear a couple of other <clears throat> military experts yesterday. And, you know, maybe they're doing the telling people what they want to hear on the six month anniversary. I have no idea. But um, a couple of really positive attitudes out of military experts with the equipment that the Ukrainians have and we are giving them and that new commitment of money, everything like that, that the Ukrainians could really start kicking some ass and, and, and turn the tide. I hope that's true. I, I you don't, don't believe it? buy that. You no. Know, no. You think that was happy talk on the anniversary? Yeah, honestly. I mean, mm. they can do some real damage. They might be able to retake up some territory. They can certainly stymie the Russians. But there's still the problem of the imbalance of numbers. I mean, Russia can wait a hell of a lot longer, pick off guys one at a time, than than Ukraine can. You know, how the domestic politics go in Russia is an interesting question, but like Ukraine actually turning the tide and surging back, I don't know how that would happen. Mm. So it's uh, that, You know, I, again, I do not have 100% certainty, obviously. So it's that Stalin quote of, uh, at some point, the numerical advantage is just its own force. Right, and an advantage in numbers becomes an advantage in in uh, something or other yeah. kind. Yeah, yeah. Huh, that's uh, that's depressing. I have uh, the most interesting stat I've heard, but I have to ask for permission to talk about it. Maybe we should, uh, <laughs> maybe we should start the show. Officially, I'm giving you permission, and I'll ask permission from Joe if I can talk about something. Wow. Um, okay. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Thursday, August 25th, the year 2022. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Oh, I know which stat it is. It's the percentage of people I've disappointed in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's begin the show now, officially, <laughs> according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go, surging into action at Mark. People think that the President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. Nancy Pelosi a couple of years ago 
had plenty more to talk about on that topic. We just were so hot and heavy on that to start the show yesterday. And it gets me so worked up. It really does. Most issues don't actually get me worked up. I can just kind of look at them scholastically. This one freaking pisses me off. That yeah. school loan thing. Oh, my God. Some of the interviews I heard with various White House flacks, including the Department of Education uh, secretary, who was on NPR all day long yesterday. I want to talk about that later. Good God. Well, and Nancy putting out a written statement that kind of tap danced around her previous unequivocal looking straight into the camera statements. One is uh, reminded of Barack Obama saying 22 times that he did not have the power to declare the the so-called dreamers, the DACA recipients, you know, off the hook. Then he went ahead and did it. You know, it's one thing when the Republicans say, you don't have the power to do that. And the Democrats say, yes, we do. And they do it. And then the courts get hold of it, as usual. But when they themselves say, look, we can't do that, that's blatantly unconstitutional, then turn around and do it. Well, that, We're th- doomed. That angle seems to have disappeared to a great extent. Um, and I think because uh, the, I think this comes out of 9-11. I hate the way this stuff works in the world. Oh, yeah. But it comes out of 9-11. If you're in an emergency, there's all kinds of different things you can do. And COVID was uh, an official emergency. And so the president has the power because of COVID being an emergency. Even though, I don't know if you feel like it's an emergency. I should have. I was at a car dealership yesterday, and I brought that up. And guy, <laughs> guy said, we're in an emergency? I don't feel like I'm in an emergency. <laughs> but, yeah, if we're in an emergency, the president can do it. COVID's an emergency at this point? National a national emergency at this point, right? But uh, that's that, and that is God. We've been saying this our entire radio careers because just to read any history, this is the way every dictator does it. I'm not trying to claim Biden's a dictator, but this is the history of emergency powers. It absolutely, if you wrote the history of emergency powers in any country on earth. Going back to the Greeks and the Romans, it would be like a one-page book. The history is they keep them f- as long as they can, sometimes forever, to, yeah. to, to, to justify all kinds of different things that don't have to do with the original <laughs> emergency. I like your idea of a one-page book. I was going to say the introduction of the book ought to be, if you want to skip to the end, they always become permanent. Or, at the very least, they're used to justify things that have nothing to do with the original emergency. I'm sorry, what percentage of the time? Always. <laughs> oh, for I almost dropped an S-bomb. And why wouldn't I? What? What? Oh, well, Joe's in trouble. He said a word for poop that everybody <laughs> uses all the time. Meanwhile, the president just forgave personal debts, something that James Madison, the father of the Constitution, said was one of the most insidious things a government could do because it's always done by dictators. I like it when you use that voice. But let's let's throw the boy in jail who said the poop word. <laughs> God, what a stupid society we have. Stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, so we got some more stats and all that on that. And I took a hell of a week to give up drinking. The latest nonpartisan estimate of what it's going to cost we taxpayers to bail out the college students that uh, of their own free will took out those loans is half a trillion dollars. That's the latest nonpartisan estimate. And if you want, we can do one of two things. We can have a special edition of Mailbag later on, uh, because I printed out a, a bunch of great, brief, pithy emails about this very topic. Uh, or we could just make it a single topic mailbag coming up in a couple minutes. Whatever. Yeah, either either one. Yeah. Um, 
And then I've got the astounding things I've heard that I need to ask for permission to talk about. Maybe I'll do that at the bottom of the hour. Okie doke. Because, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of anger and thrown things will be coming my way when I bring it up. So. Oh, golly. Uh, how does mailbag look? You just said it's well, it's good, outstanding. We no matter do. what approach, yeah, no matter. Well, where so, we would go you say it. that people were pretty fired up about this issue? Yes, and and had a number of really good thoughts on it. That some of which had escaped me, and I salute ye. Yeah, I have more thoughts on it too. I can't believe it's happening. Is one of my thoughts. Anyway, our text line continues to be four one five two nine five KFTC. So much good stuff on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yo! How you doing? Um, so much to talk about today. We uh, didn't get a chance to talk about that, uh, the permission you need for me to talk about something. I'm kind of intrigued by that. Yeah. Um, I just came across this also. Yeah, the, the, I got a story that uh, I need permission to talk about, but I think it's darn interesting. Also, an Italian man tested positive for COVID, monkeypox, and HIV all in the same day. Oh, that's, that's a, a rough, rough day. day. Oh, Lord. I suppose the order you tell somebody, you say you got COVID because it's not a big deal. Monkeypox, yeah. which is worse, oh, but you're going to be cow. okay. Can that be cured, Doc? Oh, yeah, and then you got the HIV, which is a problem. All three in one day. Uh, I'm guessing fella was really, really promiscuous. Every single major religion, and really philosoph- uh, philosophy, suggests you're not, you shouldn't be promiscuous. Right. There are downsides. Yeah, indeed. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. You may recall that yesterday's uh, quote was from Bayard Rustin, great uh, civil rights leader and a gay man who pointed out that uh, if we desire a society without discrimination, then we must not discriminate against anyone in the process of building this society. The whole equity thing, the whole woke thing, we get to be racist because of sins of the past. Okay, so that's a gent uh, who, whose heyday was in the 50s and 60s, 1950s and 60s. Here's a, a guy whose heyday was a hell of a long time ago, Sophocles. Quote, if we are to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment. Thou shalt not ration justice. Mm. To, try to, to try to balance things out. It doesn't work. It's never going to work. I know. It, it can't possibly work. Even if it were morally justifiable, which it is not, it will never, ever work. It's a rarity, folks. Single topic, mailbag. Whoa. Student loan debt forgiveness. Just going to dive right into it. Dananimous writes, my lovely and beautiful daughter earned a master's degree, came out of college with less than $15,000 in debt. She has about nine grand left. So if President Puddinhead's plan goes through... That was disrespectful. I suggested she take some of her savings and buy thank you cards for everyone she knows that have paid off their loans and didn't go to college. Uh, she agreed. Paid off their loans or didn't go to college. Uh, let's see. This so is, uh, I, thought, I thought he was going to say, you know, she worked hard and paid it off, which she might have. Well, she might have been working hard anyway. Thank God she didn't. From her standpoint, she's sure, smart thing to do. 
the smart thing to do was to not delay any gratification and pay off that loan. The smart thing to do was to wait until the cover the the the, the country got socialist enough that somebody would pay it for you right before the midterms. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the delaying the payments for everybody else until December. I think that well, might because of the emergency. That might even be more transparently. A uh, a gift to the young people who, if oh, yeah. you'll remember the polls, 90% of young people didn't want Biden to run again. 90%. You don't think that plays a role in the fact that he's delayed student loan payments till December. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Dr. Sai writes, it would be less of a middle finger to the rest of us if the money could only be spent on education as they claim. The problem is students get a big fat check to spend however they want, eating out, clothes, partying, Starbucks, weekends in the mountains or at the beach. Or like Sandy Cortez from the Burbs, AOC, complaining about her loans while driving a Tesla. When did democracy go away and a dictator take over? That, my friends, is not a rhetorical question. I want to know. Bit by bit by bit, my friend. Administration by administration, more and more power accruing to the executive branch. Uh, let's see. Anonymous writes, I'm a friend of Armstrong and Getty over 13 years. Thank you very much for listening. But this student debt debacle got me to write in for the first time. This move is such a slap in the face to trade professionals, the self-taught, and those in the service industries. We're paying for other people's poor judgment or their good judgment. Right. It, it doesn't matter. You're just paying their bills. Those other people also need us for pretty much everything. I'd like to propose the idea of a nationwide walkout so we can make our voices heard while making our absence felt. Not sure when it should be, how long it should last, but we, the 160 million plus who work hard and are responsible, must not be ignored. 2024 is a long way away, and this twisted redistribution of wealth must not go unchallenged. While service professionals, the self-employed, the self-educated staging a giant nationwide walkout over this. I would love to see that. That would be what a maneuver that would be. A nationwide walkout. I love this. This is from Jim. Uh, my tax dollars came out. Guys, Jim, the ER paramedic from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania here. For context, I'm gay and therefore am allowed to mock the LGBT QWERTY as I do in this email. I'm also fairly certain I'm the only right-leaning conservative libertarian gay guy in Pennsylvania, but I digress. I doubt you are, Jim. I doubt very much you are. So many people are afraid to express what they really think. But anyway, I've been listening to you guys for 16 years. Uh, You're my rock, second only to my mom. I love the show, etc. Thank you, dude. Really appreciate that. Wow. Um, I'm emailing you tonight because, well, my taxes came out to me. Upon receiving my tax receipts today, my taxes pulled me aside and came out as trans-loan. I always knew they were really student loans, but I didn't want to make it awkward for them. Needless to say, I'm so proud of my taxes and how brave they were. Hashtag coming out. Hashtag so brave. In a country where... (laughs) Oh, my God. This is so good. In a country where tax dollars are marginalized, used, and abused, my tax dollars can now live the money non-conforming life of student loans. Forgiven, vindicated, and set free from the evil tax dollar binary. Hashtag be brave. Much love and appreciation for y'all on the AG show. Jim, that's brilliant, dude. That is brilliant. So brave. His taxes came out as student loans, so now he doesn't have to pay them. So I got the thing I need to ask permission to talk about, and the (laughs) most galling tweet of yesterday, and that takes something. I mean, that's got to be a standout. The most galling tweet of the day around the whole student loan thing. I'm already galled. (laughs) (laughs) Grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is something that will benefit students and families across this country. But because there isn't a mechanism to pay for it, uh, Wharton, I think, estimates this is, is going to cost every taxpayer $2,000. You're going to have working class people who didn't go to college paying for uh, loans for people who make six figures? Well, the irony of that, Jake, is that you have Republicans across this country who are criticizing this, but these are the same people who've given billions of dollars in tax cuts to corporations. So there you go. That was the uh, that was the talking uh. points from the White House. Jake Tapper properly pushing back on the notion of this stuff. Yeah, that whole they gave tax breaks to corporations was, was the talking point, yeah. was the rebuttal point yesterday. I could, you know, explain why that's idiotic. But, um... So more on that, I've got the most galling tweet of the day around the student loan forgiveness story. 
But I'm already galled. Uh, but before I get to that, I feel like I should ask permission before I talk about this. We probably should have a standing rule on this show that it's like, uh, I don't know, what would be a good example where you have to have like, you know, two members have to vote before something can happen. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. Talking about Trump in the 2024 election. <laughs> but oh. These are some amazing statistics, I think. Yeah, I guess. The Mar-a-Lago thing, top of mind. Kind I, know, of just, I, know. I can't. God, I've got blindsided. I've doubled over. <laughs> I didn't think we were going there. I know. I know you didn't. So here, I mean, it, the name's hardly been uttered in the last couple of days. I know, and it's been, it's been nice, hasn't it? Yeah. Here's the latest polling. So Trump's favorability rating nationally is upside down and has grown slightly since the Mar-a-Lago raid. But he's he was upside down. Before he got elected president, during being president, and after he's president. So it's not exactly a, uh, you know, uh, a given that you can't be president with upside down favorability ratings. He has proven that. And like, Hillary you just have to get more votes than the other uh, loser. Yeah, Hillary would have proven that if she had gotten elected, too. Um, sure. But in terms of favorability with his own within his own party, which is how you get a nomination. um. 80-some percent favorability rating still in the Republican Party, 57% very favorable. How do you not get the nomination at 57% very favorable in your own party? And more than that, and this is the number that got my attention the most, slightly over 50% of Republicans want Trump to be the nominee. That's the highest number for any non-incumbent at this point before a presidential election going back to the 70s. All your Jeb Bush, Rudy Giuliani, Hillary Clinton, whatever name you want to throw out of people that had that early lead and they'd be talking about it and we'd be laughing about, you know, how they're not going to be the nominee. It's a kiss of death or whatever. Nobody's ever had numbers like this over 50% ever going back to the 70s. So if you're suggesting that Trump is more or less the shoe-in nominee... If he decides to run. The only counter-argument to that is time and the things that will happen during that time. I mean, unless something intervenes, some event intervenes, uh, that's clearly true. He's in. If he decides to run. But that's kind of assumed. Speculating about the electoral chances of somebody who's not running is idiotic, and we wouldn't do it. Those are some strong numbers, man. They're amazing. You know, and uh, it's funny. I go through different moods on Trump. The mood right I'm in right now is I completely get. This is ancient wisdom, folks. Ancient. They thought it 2,000 years ago. They thought it 1,500 years ago. They thought it 500 years ago. They think it today. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. True. And the forces of, you know, rampant socialism... Uh, uh, the, the the whole woke thing, uh, critical race theory, queer theory, teaching little kids that they ought to be transgender. Or just liars on cable news shows and in major newspapers. Yeah, I, I have serious problems with Trump. But that essay that uh, some old bloke wrote, that uh, he compared him to Ulysses S. Grant, what Lincoln said about Grant when people said, look, he's a slovenly drunk. And Lincoln said, I can't spare him. He fights. I get it. So, I might not love it, but I get it. So, like, I don't have any emotion wrapped up in Trump either way. I don't. I can talk about this issue. 
I'm not enough for or against to get emotional. I'm that way about most issues, having done this job for years. Mm-hmm. This one, the student loan, no. I, it makes me mad. <laughs> I can't keep my emotions out of it. And here is the most galling tweet of the day around the loan forgiveness plan from Joe Biden. Coming from freaking Lawrence Tribe, oh. Harvard Law Professor. Oh, lunatic. Who tweeted out. Good news for thousands of my former students. I'm grateful on their behalf, Mr. President. Wow. You're grateful for loan relief for people who graduated from Harvard Law. If there is a more elite group on planet Earth than Harvard Law graduates, if there's anybody who's ever had their ticket more punched for guaranteed success in life than a Harvard Law School graduate, and they're getting relief, and their professor says, good news to my former students. Nice job, Mr. President. That was the most galling tweet of the day. Congratulations, Harvard Law Professor Lord Stribe. You win. You win. And the guy who's changing mufflers for a living today is going to spend nine hours, maybe get an hour for lunch. He's paying for it. You want to talk about the elite. You want to talk about somebody, and this is painted as progressive. You want to talk about somebody who does not need a hand up or hand out or anything. They don't need anything from you. They're going to be fine. They went to Harvard Law School. Historians believe Marie Antoinette did not actually say let them eat cake. If she had, she would have just gotten beat by Lawrence Tribe. That that uh, that's uh, that's an achievement on par with the moon landing. God, you would think even a guy like him, whose politics run toward you know socialism, all that sort of stuff, redistribution, that's fine. But you'd think even him would think, yeah. But kids that went to Harvard Law, <laughs> I can't, I can't be acting like this is a you know a big help for them. Yeah, you know you can screw the guy who. Came up as a plumber and started his own company and now has two guys under him and is thinking, wow, I might be able to retire someday. You can screw him, but I suggest you don't rub his face in it. Oh, that was Jeez Louise. I know. I I just, if if every American could hear that and just have a brief explanation of the significance of it, there might be a revolution. I, that is that is holy un- crap! You did not oversell that. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Oh. It's. I, I actually I saw I saw it on Tucker last night, and I thought, is that still up? Did he take it down? No, I just looked it up. It's still on Twitter. I mean, I, I thought maybe he would take it down. You know, maybe he had had a drink late at night or something. No, he still thinks that makes sense to make that comment. Woo! Oh my God! God, that that may never be equaled in the 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 halls of hubris. Unfreaking! That's how. That's how differently some people look at the world than you, I guess. So I was listening to NPR yesterday, and they had the Secretary of Education on, and he kept getting back to the same talking point over and over. You can tell, and this is all politicians. This isn't a Democrat thing, but you can tell politicians' talking points because they they just they come back to it over and over and over again. Sure. So whatever phrase they say over and over again, they went into this interview with it written down on a three by five note card or whatever, and and his was. Nobody should come out of the pandemic in worse shape than they went into the pandemic. And I thought, are you freaking kidding me? And of course, no pushback from the oh. host. And so I did a little, oh. Googling, I did a little googling last night, going back to old Wall Street Journal articles to get a little data on that. For instance, something like 
200,000 businesses closed permanently in year one of the pandemic. Do you think those people are coming out of the pandemic worse than they went in? Are they getting any of the relief you're talking about on these for these college kids who willingly took these loans? And some of them long before the pandemic, it's got nothing to do with the pandemic. Um, that, that's just such a crazy thing. To, how many people are worse off than they were going, I am. Uh, practically everybody is. Oh, so good, clearly. So to say nobody should come out of the pandemic worse than when they went in, the biggest uh, uh, tragedy, whatever you want to call it, in in modern world history. Yeah. And, yeah. and nobody should come out of it worse than they went in, and you're singling out people with college degrees as the people that need the help. That's That's something. I read the New York Times account of all this yesterday, and of course they uh, they described in enthusiastic detail the pro position and then barely acknowledged the existence of the con to this plan, did not flesh out the objections at all, just the, the Republicans objected, blah, 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 as in their usual style. Uh, and so there's a huge segment of America that's going to be getting analysis like that and probably miss the obvious, but this one is so... Out of line. I'm. I'm hoping it it transcends the the media bubbles. But I hope so. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how could I beat Lawrence Tribe and what he said. <laughs> what would it What would it take? I mean, you'd almost have to have like a coalition of super yacht owners go down to the homeless shelter and tell the homeless mothers of young children, "Good news, the champagne shortage is over. <laughs> Such good news." Maybe and then walk out again. Didn't Kim Kardashian go back to college? Maybe if her student loan debt got <laughs> forgiven and somebody said, non-ironically, completely with a straight face, and they meant it, thank God her loan is going to be, you know, yeah. cut down by $10,000 or yeah. something. Well, I don't she know. she is outside the income limits. But, I mean, if oh, those right. super, right. really, if those super yacht owners did that, Given the symbolic power of Harvard Law, no, Lawrence Tribe would say, oh, yeah, hold my tiara. I'll show you. So this is what I'm hoping, and we're going to move away from this topic, so I'll throw it in here. Um, I'm hoping I'm right about this the way I was about the kid vaccinations. You know, So the media was covering vaccination approval for kids like it was a big deal, and I kept saying... Including little, little kids. (laughs) And I kept saying, ain't hardly anybody going to get those vaccinations. And now the numbers are out. It's less than 5% of parents got their little kids the vaccination. So the media acted like everybody was waiting for it. Nobody was waiting for it. I'm right. hoping that this is a similar thing where the whole, all, practically all the media thinks it's just some Republicans, and they probably are Trump fans, who, who, who think this is bad. And I'm hoping they're way wrong and that most Americans, including lots of union guys and farmers and various people that are Democrats, were like, no, I'm freaking not paying off college debt. I yeah. hope. I, you know what? That's a ray of hope, and I hate hope because you can only be disappointed if you have hope. Uh, but th- th- and that'll be fun to watch. I hate hope. Or tragic. <laughs> I hate hope. There's your quote of the day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so the battle for Kiev at the uh, beginning of the war, the invasion of Ukraine, how the Ukrainians uh, fought off the Russians and pushed them back, I read a long, harrowing, detailed analysis and also a fairly short, pithy analysis of some of the key points. We'll hit you with the pith coming up in a moment. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You want hope for the youth of today? One in four Gen Zers plan to become social media influencers. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. More on it's that good, later. Good work if you can get it. Oh, sure. Sure it is. And kicking off next hour. Speaking of America's youths, a couple of things. Some new stats on marijuana use, which are not good. But a list of rules dads should teach their sons. Which warmed my heart. Of course, I want to hear that. I got two kids. Yeah. I think about this only every day, lots of the day. Other than yeah. that, I don't think about it much. Again, that'll be the kickoff of hour two. If you uh, must go, go if you must. Or now, don't let whatever. them turn off. Hit you in the ass. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Uh, grab the podcast later. Armstrong and Getty On Demand, hour two. Anyway, so uh, on the six-month uh, mark of the... Russians invading Ukraine and trying to steal their country. 
There's a lot of analysis that's out on what happened, particularly in the defense of Kiev and how they managed to repel the Russians. And uh, the I think this is the WAPO, isn't it? Yeah, the WAPO has a long, 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 long piece uh, with a lot of detail on the politics and the, the military aspects of, of holding off the Russians. Really interesting, but but exhaustingly long. Uh, I just want to share one bit of it with you. And that it opens with the account of young men being uh, penetrated by shrapnel as bombs go off and rips through their tent in the we in the early hours of the morning of the invasion. Those young men having been joking the previous night about the idea of the Russians actually invading their country. Ooh. Um, and uh, I've read a fair amount of analysis now based on a bunch of interviews that the Ukrainians really didn't believe Russia was going to launch a full-scale invasion. And to the extent that they thought it was possible, every time they admitted it was possible, their currency would plunge and their economy would take it right in the stomach. And so that's the reason they were trying to tamp down that talk. And as the United States was trying to say, no, look, our intelligence says they're coming. The Ukrainians, you know, strangely would say, no, we don't think they are. And that was part of it. Every time they said, yeah, maybe they are, their economy would crater. Mm. So, you know, it's politics. Um, But they talk about uh, the Ukrainian defense minister waking to the ringing of his cell phone. He was getting reports from the front line. He called uh, President Zelensky and said, it has started. What exactly, Zelensky said. Uh, and his minister of defense said, judging by the fact that there are attacks underway at different places at all at once, this is it. In the first minutes, they delivered terrible blows to our air defense, terrible blows to our troops in general. There were 20 meter craters, the likes of which no one has seen in their lifetimes. Mm, 20 meters. Holy cow. 60 feet across. Wow. And, and the question that everyone faced at that moment, he said, was how far can the enemy go with that enormous fist? Well, the politics of how they resisted the invasion and what almost went wrong is is really interesting too five quick points number one in the run-up to the war as i was just saying ukrainian political officials had downplayed the likelihood of a full-scale russian invasion but the ukrainian military was concerned enough it was making critical preparations weeks in advance specifically moving equipment and personnel off of bases and scattering them in the field a critical move that allowed the force to survive the initial barrage of Russian airstrikes. Wow. Um, still, Boy, whoever seem- made that decision uh, should get a gold medal. Yeah, should go down in history. Still, some leaders in the Ukrainian military, including the commander in charge of the defense of Kiev, doubted the Russians would launch an all-out invasion, including an assault on the capital, thought hostilities would probably be confined to the east. Whoops. Number two, Russia directly and through an intermediary tried to get the Ukrainian government to capitulate in the initial hours of the war. Shortly after the start of the invasion, the Kremlin's deputy chief of staff, Kozak, called the head of Zelensky's administration, Yermak, and demanded the Ukrainian capitulation, according to Yermak. Yermak told him to F off and hung up the phone. Actually did. By the way, uh, our president more or less uh, urged them to capitulate, too, telling Zelensky he should leave the country. So... Yeah. The defense minister of Belarus called his Ukrainian counterpart and presented himself as an emissary of the Russian defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, the infamous. The Belarusian official attempted to negotiate or offered to negotiate a capitulation to Russia. Reznikov, the Ukrainian, said the only capitulation I'll negotiate is Moscow's. Good one. President Zelensky. Feisty, aren't they? Yeah. Meanwhile, President 
Zelensky was not opposed to resigning or leaving if it would end the war. He said he wasn't concerned about losing his position, but simply believed his departure would only help Russians achieve their goal and worsen the situation. He said, I'm not trying to hold on power. If the question is that I leave and that will stop the bloodshed, then I am all for it. I will go right now. I didn't go into politics for that. I will go whenever you say if it will stop the war. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, while he believed some Western officials were truly concerned about his personal safety, Zelensky also suspected that some of his foreign friends simply wanted the conflict to end as quickly as possible, oh. effectively surrendering to Russia. Right. Well, I heard some good analysis on that. I'll have to talk about when you're done. And we got to make this quick. Uh, the head of uh, Ukraine's administration, Yermak, who we've referred to, sent graphic photos of slain civilians and ruined buildings to leaders around the world, including Jake Sullivan, and people reacted to it. And they point out that for a few days in the middle of March, Ukrainian forces almost ran out of artillery because Washington had assumed they would lose quickly and only gave them stingers and javelins, kind of underground resistance weapons, and said, no, they won't need artillery because they're going to lose in like two days. If you missed an hour of the show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.